Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Well, here we are on another fantabulous evening. I don't know about where you are, but it is cold here <laughs> in Manitowoc. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Um, okay, so actually talking about cold is, you know, I've been in Missouri. It's 29 years. It's actually the warmest it's been today. Yeah, I think right now is the warmest it's been here. Let me check. It's colder than that. Yeah, it's 19 here. Okay, so about 10 degrees warmer. Most of today, it was about 10 degrees, 10, 11 degrees. And my staff was making fun of me because I was standing outside without a coat on. And I was doing that in like, you know, as long as I could stand it, trying to increase my threshold. Because I've been in Missouri for five years. And so I'm trying to retrain my body to be able to handle cold but they were all like what are you doing and especially because you know i have uh, i work with two uh, people from cuba and right now we have an intern from uh costa rica and so she's definitely like this you are in a crazy person but yeah that's <laughs> i mean i get it i i was out in in the sweatshirt that you see me in because friends amanda and i can see each other you yes. do not get that privilege um trust me it's nothing nothing to look at I but anyway, say, I'm, I'm currently wearing one of my house coat boomoos well you know so. whatever works for you uh yeah the wind chill in manitowoc right now makes it feel like zero degrees oh lovely so that's yeah it was very very cold at the dog park tonight in fact it was so cold that cooper after about 10 minutes was like yeah i'm done let's go home yeah i'm over it <laughs> um which is saying something, which is saying something. But at any rate, uh, we here are on another evening, just uh, having a good conversation. We've kind of caught up from uh, what's been happening in our world and our lives. And now we're kind of diving back into the book of Nehemiah and specifically um, how, especially the beginning of Nehemiah's journey of rebuilding that wall in Jerusalem, how it leads into or talks about or or is a catalyst for discussion on leadership development. So mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I love about this book, it's again, David McKenna's uh, Becoming Nehemiah, Leading with Significance. I highly recommend it. It's a tiny little book. 100 and, 120 pages is all. Uh, but it talks about kind of those skills that we always think of leaders. At least I, you know, you do a lot of leaders, leadership reading, you know, when you're going through, mm -hmm higher education they're like oh you got to take a leadership class and you read these books seven successful habits of a leader or whatever the things are and it talks about drive and ambition and grit and a number of of different things that while helpful i think misses some of the the more base parts of being a leader you know yeah. i think yeah. go ahead Oh yeah, and I think I think some of the best leaders in history are ones that became leaders out of necessity, not out of ambition. Yes. And um, you know, and I and I we joke about this I too, you know, I said when I'm looking for someone for a position, I very 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 uh like of leadership in the um in the congregation, I very 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 rarely I'm going to the one who's saying pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Right. Um now, not not saying never, you got to vet those things. But usually, I found when it's when that's happening, it's the person wants it for a reason that is not great, right? <laughs> and right. so, um, 
but the people who are see a need and then address the need. Right. Often the leaders are the people leading whether you're seeing them or not. Right. They're already doing well, it. Well, they say leaders emerge. It doesn't matter the the title on your name tag or what's on your business card. Leaders emerge. Right. And there might be a person who's <laughs> paycheck says they're the leader, but they're not the leader. Right. No, it's interesting when I when I worked at the when in just in group in retail in general, um, you know, you had your hierarchy in retail, right? You have your mm -hmm. store managers, your your you know shift managers, your department managers, all those sorts of things. But as you went into each of those kind of categories, whether it was a department or a section or a shift. Mm -hmm. You could kind of tell who who was <laughs> in charge out. by name and then who got stuff done. Right. Right. Or who knew all the things to know. Right. Right. Uh, and so don't always think sometimes, yeah, we think of leadership in this context of position or title. And definitely that's not always very helpful. In fact, in, in his book, he talks um, at length that, at the very beginning of, of Nehemiah's life, talks about how in the first part of Nehemiah's experience in leadership, not just the cupbearer aspect, but his building of the wall of Jerusalem, is that he's he's an engineer of sorts. He's got to engineer uh, the, the wall itself being built, but then also this idea of engineering the people into a system. Mm -hmm. So he's got to kind of look at and analyze all of the different facets and then get them as a cohesive whole to do what it is that needs to be done. And I kind of call that in my world, generaling, like to be the general of a, okay. of a bat battlefield as it were, right. That, that person who doesn't necessarily ne have to be the one who's picking up the rock and moving it, mm -hmm. but who's the one who can get the, uh, the person over there who knows how to pick up the rock and put it in the right place. And, the person over there who has the finances to cut the new rock in the quarry down the road and being able to navigate all of those things and putting out fires in the meantime, not everybody can do that. And that's okay. Not if we, if we were all generals, who would, who would do the work, right? That's part of the problem with certain organizations. They get so top heavy with all the people who want to be generals, who just want to delegate and direct. But if you aren't good at that, if that's not your skill set, mm -hmm. then that's not going to be effective. In fact, I was talking to a friend the other day about a person uh, who got into a position of authority and leadership uh, mm -hmm. in an organization because they were the top, like, mid-tier manager. Okay. And so it just made sense. When the other director left we need to fill this director role this is the this is the best mid-tier person we're just going to promote that mid-tier person to the to the director role the the problem is that she was promoted probably outside of her skill set right, right which taught which she talks about right is uh, moving no, above so. your uh how did you phrase competency. it moving yeah. above your competency now right. she in the, in the other role, she was very, very good. It's just like if you were building a wall of a city and you suddenly needed somebody who was good administratively, you said, I'm going to take my 
top brick mason, and I'm going to make him the administrator, probably not your best option. Hmm. Right? Why? Well, it could be, I guess, the, he could have a second skill set, or she could have a second skill set in administration. But chances are that if they're really good at bricks and mm -hmm. masonry, then leave them as that role, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I have. Uh, there's lots of things in the Salvation Army that need to happen at Christmas time, as you well know. <laughs> yeah. And there are certain, as you kind of gather around you, people who can help you out with different tasks, you have to kind of sort where would they be good. And if you don't get them, to the right place, doing the right thing at the right time, even with the right group of people around him, you could have a failed, you know, Nehemiah managed to build that wall in 52 days. Right. Because he understood how to, how to figure out who needed to go where and when. So I'm actually in the throes of this right now. I have a very new team. And so we have a, a community center type and there's, there's three, Three main outside of the church functions. There's three other main departments. We have a youth department um, that handles our after school program and our summer day camp. There is a the social service that's the food shelf and emergency assistance. Then we have a community center, so that's gym memberships and groups and yada 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 who are using the building. So there's three main um, things that I oversee, right? Um, on top of the church stuff. And my primary focus recently has been in the social services department, and I have pretty much a whole new staff team. And um, I actually just had this staff meeting because they kept coming and asking me, um, you know, we want to do this, you know, like, um, or not even that, just what, what, what can we do for this? What can we do for this? What can we do for this? Um, and wanting me to walk them through each step. And I, you know, I had to say, you guys, I brought you on because I believe in your competency. Right. I think you staff member are good at this. I think you're good. You know, you're great at at, at uh, looking at the money and flowing the grants and doing those kind of things. This other one's really good at uh, um, working people and community connections. This other, you know, one is really good at um, the interpersonal right at the front gate and getting people to the right place. And I said, you are had a skill that I don't have, which is why you're here. So which is why I hired, I hired all of you for this particular purpose. And I, I'm giving you the freedom to work in it. Right. <laughs> you know, um, because and now, I mean, for bigger things, you know, I mean, everything should be run by, you know, the, the, the officers that are there, the leaders that are there. Um, but I'm like, for this little stuff, you guys don't have to keep on coming back, right? Every every day. Just just do. You you trust your ability, right? right. Keep me in the loop. <laughs> yeah, keep me in the loop of stuff. Um but, don't just yep. Yeah. But get it done. I got I got faith and confidence in your ability to get it done. Yeah. And empowering, they were like, oh, empowering okay. folks <laughs> is so important to leadership. Yeah, there are definitely days where you wonder, man, who who decided I needed to be the leader? Because officership <laughs> kind of by default is, well, you're you're the leader. Yeah. <laughs> but the the kicker about being a leader, especially from a position of authority or position mm -hmm. of uh, organizational leadership, 
is that just because you have authority doesn't mean anybody's going to follow you if you right. if you don't do it right. You know, mm-hmm. so even though Nehemiah had letters from the king, doesn't mean that any of those citizens in Jerusalem would have said, yeah, sure, we totally think that you random guy we've never met before in our lives should be in charge of us telling us how to build a wall and work really long, <laughs> hard, arduous days in the sun and carry weapons because we're terrified of being attacked. Sure. Yeah. You know? That's a workout fine. <laughs> and yet, and yet. So um, in the book, uh, one of the things that we were talking before we kind of started was this idea that we kind of put leadership development backwards in, in the world in which we live mm-hmm. as far as what good church in in his mind, church leadership, but I think uh, any sort of spiritual leadership, godly leadership should be. And one of the things he talks about is most studies of leadership begin with the individual and leadership tasks like passion, vision, creativity, initiative, charisma. But unless these gifts are matched with urgent needs of distressed people, they become self-serving handicaps of personal personal ambition. So rather right. than starting with the individual traits in leadership development, we should start with human needs. In fact, uh, he quotes Frederick Bruckner, who plums the depths of, depths of God's heart when he defines our Christian calling as the place where our deepest gladness meets the world's deepest need. Mm. And so if we think about our Christian leadership, because to be fair, not all of us are building walls of Jerusalem, right? In fact, I know of no one building walls of Jerusalem at this juncture. Um, Some of us have positional authority and quote unquote leadership, whether we utilize those positions properly um, is a conversation for another day. But when we think about leadership in the church, it doesn't have to come from the pastor. Right. It doesn't have to come from the elders, from the deacons, from the core council in the Salvation Army uh, terminology. It, it comes from people who understand, I think, their identity in Christ is number one. To understand that we all are equal under God in this concept of Jesus says routinely the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Mm-hmm. Right? We talk about that a lot. Uh, in fact, Jesus, when he talks about John the Baptist, he says, you know, who, who did you go out in the wilderness to see? He said, and I will tell you the truth that no, and I, I'm going to misquote it, but that no man born to a woman is greater than John the Baptist. And yet in the kingdom of heaven, he is the least. Right. And if we, if we think about our proper identity in Christ, not thinking of ourselves in a belittling way, because that's not what humility is. Right. Um, humility is just thinking of yourself less, not as lower than just, I'm not even thinking about me in this situation. I'm thinking about what needs to be done. Yep. For the, what's the good. Right. What, what is just, what is the good thing or the good godly things that need to be done in this situation? I'm not thinking about it for personal profit, for ambition, for accolades, for promotion, self-promotion, to get the pat on the back or the atta boy or the atta girl. It's just what, what am I seeing around me that needs to be done and Mm -hmm. doing it? 
Yeah. So, so, and that's what, what Nehemiah did, right? What, what, what needs to happen? Right. Right. A, a section in this, uh, in, in, uh, uh, McKenna's book is what do you weep over? What makes you weep? What makes you weep? Because, uh, uh you know, a big, uh, one of my soapbox statements, um, is, um, there are no spectators in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. One, one thing that I is a hill I will die on. It is everybody has a role. Yep. Everybody is to work for the kingdom of heaven. Now, what measure? That's different. Um, but everybody has something and everyone has something to contribute. Everybody. Agreed. And um, I think sometimes, you know, especially in our Americanized, you know, where we kind of have, I mean, even if you think about the way we do church, you know, you have a person up at the front and everyone just watches them talk and then they take what they're going to take and then they go home with it. Right. Um, which I've actually been thinking a lot on that model and I, I've actually been thinking a lot on the inefficiency of it, but, um, (laughs) but when, when that happens, it can be attempted for to think I'm just waiting for what they can give to me. Right. I'm just waiting for them to them to read scripture, them to interpret it and them to give me my bumper sticker of the week to carry me through. Yeah. And um, good fed Christianity. And uh, and it's it's ineffective, especially to initiate any kind of change. And then even worse is when you get these people like, well, I'm the one that they listen to. And so all of my ideas must be the good ones. And. We're just yeah. going to keep doing it because that's the way I want to do it. And that's even like the worst. So, uh, you know, um, as I say, you know, we and you went to seminary together, but, uh, you know, get people on your team that will disagree with you. Yes. In a, in a respectful way. But right. Get someone who doesn't believe your hype. Right. 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 Who can well, say, we'll tell you the truth. Right. Right. Who, who will push back if pushback needs to happen. will ask hard questions or speak hard truths when everybody else is, Oh, sure. Yeah. Whatever you think, whatever you want. I was actually just teasing my daughter recently. So she is a person who will, will tell you what she thinks when you ask, but she's very polite and she won't just give her opinion. But if you ask her, she will give a true and honest opinion. And she does that a lot for me on my physical appearance. So okay. I'll be, I'll be out, you know, shop, what do you think of this outfit or whatever? And, or what do you think of my hair? You know, does my hair look okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you looked fine. And she was like, no, you look like straight trash. Go brush your hair. That outfit makes you look bad. You know, and I, <laughs> I always took cause All she right. won't give it, but she'll tell me if I ask her. And I said, you know, Dorothy, I really, really appreciate that because you, I know for a fact you will tell me tell me the truth. If my hair is looking messy, if I made an awkward comment somewhere, if I, you know, if I made a meal that wasn't great, she will give me honest feedback. And I said, that is a skill I hope you never lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's easier when you're a child. To yeah. Do that, right. When you become an adult, you get, you get indoctrinated into adultness where right. we, we soften things. We white lie. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to fill in the blank. And 
Well, we were just talking earlier about how sometimes we get frustrated and not just us. I guarantee you people listening, you also probably get frustrated by a lack of maturity of people around you. Now, we also are smart enough, I hope, to figure out that sometimes the lack of maturity is actually us and not the people around us or not just the people around us. And so, you know, the sometimes the leading leadership thing to do is to be be mature in a moment, be mature in a in a situation or a context. Um, perhaps that's a conversation for a different day, but uh, I think all of this, the all of the traits kind of come in hand in hand when you think of leaders, because leaders should have a maturity to be able to see themselves rightly. Does that make sense? Right. Um, I think one of the best attributes of leadership is to to know yourself in the context of knowing that I don't know all the things, right. knowing where knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are, understanding what I need around me to kind of counter my weaknesses mm-hmm. and bolster my strengths, but not to the point of pride. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it would be easy, especially if you work into your strengths which we were taught to do, right? I, I've been to a lot of leadership classes. You know, work into your strengths. Do the strengths-based stuff. That's great. But what can happen is if you don't work on your weaknesses, one, they will just get weaker. Right. But two, if you improve your strengths only, then I think they can become liabilities because you believe your own hype. Right, which is dangerous which is super dangerous. I mean, you know, think- again, go ahead. I was going to say again with my, with my team, I was talking to this morning, you know, I said, one of my, I, I, uh, one of my weaknesses is um, long-term plans. I am not a, I'm not very good at, at deciding the vision for next year. Yeah. I am very good at taking someone like if someone says the vision for this year is, um, less uh, people on the street. I can take that vision and I can run with it and I can put things into practice and I can do it. But coming up with the what is needed, not my greatest suit. So, but I have a person on my team that is. And so I said, I need you to bring me in on your headspace. Yeah. Right? Because I want to grow in that space. So I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the lead on it because it is a gift. But I want to be there. Right. Because it isn't mine. <laughs> right. But I, I but you can improve it, right? Improving those competencies. Right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. one of my skills is coming in and figuring out the what does it look like to make that actually achieve. Right. Good stuff. I don't wow. know if we actually I think today we were going to talk about his naysayers, but I don't think it happened, but that's okay. No, and and it's okay. We can talk about that another day. Because <laughs> we definitely have to, at some point, address the naysayers. Because on any team, if you're, if you're in a position of leadership or you're a leader in general, you're going to have detractors. You're going to have people who are lining up to, to undermine your leadership. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. 
Yep. You have people who feel threatened, people who feel fearful, people who are insecure, uh, people who have an agenda that yeah. is just not the same as your agenda, and they're they're they can't see the possibilities for collaboration. Maybe mm. there's a hundred reasons why people might be against you in leadership. And so one of the things that now this is a little different than the not different than the book, but I'm not going to address Nehemiah's naysayers because he had a very specific way to deal with them. And I actually love the way he dealt with them. But I think <laughs> one of the things in, in my leadership, good, bad, or otherwise that I've learned is to try to win over hmm. those naysayers. Now there are some, you just can't, right. There yeah. are some who just will not um, for whatever reason, could be a, a number of reasons, but one of the things that I love doing is just talking to people, obviously. Yeah. This is why we have a podcast, but to ask them why. Hey, can you tell me about this thing? You know, uh, you know, my staff will always give me the the difficult phone calls, right? The ones who are mad at the Salvation Army or mad about a decision we made or mad about fill in the blank. And a lot of times they say, guys, just it, it's okay, give them to me. And they're like, well, why do you why do you enjoy those conversations? And part of it for me is a little bit of a challenge. Like, can I, at the end of this conversation with this person, talk to them in such a manner to get their side of the story to understand more fully? Because part of the challenge that we have with especially people who are naysaying or attacking mm -hmm. or just being difficult is actually a lack of communication. It's yes. Not, it's not always, sometimes it is, but it's not always because they're trying to undermine what you're doing. Yeah. I So I do not, I do a lot of things in the congregation, not like, it's like marriage counseling, but the people aren't married. They just go to church together. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Conflict, you know, actually, I know, conflict that you know resolution. exactly what I'm saying, but yep. conflict resolution. And it, it's so funny to me sometimes when I realize you guys are actually saying the same thing and you have the same goal. The problem is you are assuming what the other person's goal is. Right. That's what I find is usually the, well, they just want to, or they just think, actually, you don't know that you are assuming. And so you're giving a rebuttal based on an assumption of what they're thinking that they're not even thinking. And then they're being, so then you're attacking and then they're being attacked. So they're defending and they're assuming that you're, motivations are all of this and so if we just take a step back we can realize <laughs> we are like saying the same thing right just just different because we're different people we grew up in different households we communicate different ways but the mess we're saying the same thing guys <laughs> right well so often our own mental state our own triggers we talked about this in emotional healthy spirituality right right yeah. the our triggers our background our will all lead to those things. But it's, can you understand that you take a step back from yourself mm -hmm. and say, okay, this person on the other end of the phone or the person on the other side of the desk or the person who just came in the door hot and just wanting to attack. It's not about you. Right. Like when they're coming at me, it's not about Jenny. It's not about Amanda. It's something is clearly on their hearts on their minds, maybe a series of events have happened to lead them to this frantic emotional state. 
It's okay. Let's take a deep breath for one. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on in your, your life, in your brain, in your, tell me the whole story. Get it all out. Yell mm -hmm. all that you want. Tell me more. Oh, <laughs> tell me more about that. And what happens is they, because they can get it out to someone who didn't get defensive, who yeah. didn't yell back at them, who didn't take it and internalize it themselves. Because again, it's not about me. Right. It's about this other person and their life and situation. In fact, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine and he had been very, very aggressive with another friend of mine for no reason, just out of the blue yelling like crazy in very, very much a not him sort of way. Mm -hmm. And just to be able to go to him and say, now I wanted to, my mama bear like immediately reacted. I wanted to like go yell at him. I was like, yeah, who do you think you are? Okay, what are you doing? So -so. Why are you yelling? Don't yell. It's just the whole, I, you know, the whole thing when you yell at dogs, Stop yeah. and they're like oh you're barking with me right yeah. like or you <laughs> yell at children to not yell and you're like wait a second this is counterintuitive and counterproductive because yeah. i'm teaching them not to yell by yelling that's not helpful so <laughs> i gave it a couple couple days sat down in a reasonable adult calm situation and said hey what's going on in your world he's like what I said I just, I, I have a feeling that because of the events that have taken place this week and your very abnormal reaction, like this is very out of character for you, that things are happening in your world right now that's making you very stressed. And he went into this huge, long thing of all these things that have been happening in his world. And so his reaction to, to our mutual friend was coming from a place of stress. and me if i had fed into that wouldn't have helped so what right. does this have to do with leadership i think it has to do with maturity for one but two being able to not make it about you yeah you know mm -hmm. if people are attacking your leadership take them seriously like take it up under advisement listen to them because maybe you're being a jerk. Maybe it's from their perspective because they're making assumptions, as you said, that aren't remotely true. And so you you can say, oh, well, there's the there's part of the challenge is you're making an assumption about where I'm coming from with this decision. This mm -hmm. decision had nothing to do with trying to, to pull one over on you or to yeah. treat you poorly or to do x y or z that you think let me explain myself or i'd be curious to hear your perspective it's having the humility to say it doesn't have to be my way or the highway it doesn't have to be about now at the end of the day the buck's got to stop with somebody and if you have that position of organizational authority Sometimes the end decision, and I've had to do this in previous employment where um, I talked to the staff about a very difficult decision. And I said, okay, I want your opinion. What do you, this is, this is the situation. What do you think I should do? I understand I have the decision, but what uh -huh. would you do in my shoes? And they, and two of my 
full-time staff at the time, this is when I worked retail, said this is what I would, both of them agreed with each other. This is what I would do if I were in your shoes. I said, okay, well, unfortunately, um, I said, thank you for your opinion. I appreciate your opinion. Unfortunately, I am the one who has to make the decision. And because of these other reasons that you don't necessarily have knowledge of or experience with, I have to go with this other decision. But because we were able to sit down and have the conversation and right. they could see the decision wasn't just trying you are, to be a you know, jerk don't or, like people or yeah. right. They weren't happy with it at all, but they understood it and they were able to, to kind of bear up under it. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh yeah. And I think that that comes from a place of trust mm-hmm. is do I trust them enough to hear them out? Do I trust, do they trust me enough to hear me out? But if we always are making assumptions about what people are doing, in fact, that particular situation took months to get to that point. In fact, prior yeah. to that point, the whole staff was going to quit. They're like, we hate you. Okay. Tell me more. Like, why do you hate me? What am I doing? And they told me a number of things that I was doing that from their perspective, had a had a malicious intent. Now, it, from my perspective, I was just doing my job. Mm-hmm. But because I wasn't explaining myself and explaining what why I was doing the things I was doing and what I was like, I wasn't accounting for certain things. They had no reason to not think maliciously, right? Mm-hmm. But I, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Let me explain. Let right. Me, Thank you for enlightening me. Thank you and for not just quitting and not telling me. What? Which helped you grow. Oh, you absolutely. Know, you know, um, I've been I've been reading another uh, leadership book by Brene Brown called Dare to Lead, and one of uh, the things that really stuck out to me was um, just in her businesses. She said it always takes longer, but it's always worth it to keep um, all of your decisions people centered, and what that means is retain the dignity of everyone involved yeah um and she said it takes longer than we like but it's always worth it to explain your to uh you know to explain to keep uh the human part of it even if you got to make a hard decision don't 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 not make the hard decision because it's going to hurt somebody's feelings but bring them in of the why right let them know this isn't about you or me Right. Right. It's just, you know, but but it's vulnerable to, uh, to do that. And that's why people don't because of their own fear. But um, yeah, just, just keep things relationship centered. Yeah. Even when you got to fire people, Mm -hmm. you can do that with dignity. Absolutely. You know, and uh, that's, that's something I always try to keep in mind of all the decisions I'm making. Is it relationship centered? Yeah. You know, scheduling this person or not or whatever, all the things. Right. <laughs> well, and but am I doing something? It's not relationship centered. It's just convenient. This is a convenient yeah. solution. Right. I think sometimes we default to convenient for us as a leader. Yeah. And we don't think about is this convenient or the best decision for the rest of the team you know does this um 
I also tend to be one of those people. I try hard to never ask somebody to do something that I am not willing to do myself. Mm-hmm. Well, with Nehemiah. He's, yeah. he's on that wall with everybody else. Yes. There are exceptions, right? I don't, I don't um, uh, try and fix the canteen when it breaks down. <laughs> right. But, but if it's, if there's a fire at 3am, I don't just send people I go, or if there's, you know, the bathroom needs to be mopped and our janitor's off for the day. Mm-hmm. I'll go do it if need be. Um, again, the exception might be cooking. <laughs> That's just, I, you know, I'm for willing the benefit to do it. Of all. Huh? For the benefit of all, you'll delegate. Yeah, for the benefit of, of everybody, we should probably not have me cook. I can, <laughs> in a pinch, in a pinch, I can make it happen. But since other people are gifted in there, in that realm, and enjoy cooking, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, leadership cannot be egocentric mm-hmm. it can't be it's not if leadership it's that's yeah. di- that's dictatorial that's dictatorial or authoritarian or fill in the blank which you know leads to revolts so correct eventually <laughs> eventually and frustratingly we've had enough of that in the church we don't need any more of that yeah man. you know i think of you know i'm reading through the book of acts now so I finished up the Gospels. I'm probably start back over. Usually in the Advent season, I read through the Gospels several times. But I, I went into the book of Acts, and I just listened this morning to the, the Jerusalem Council. You know, where they come together. They're trying to make a determination. Uh, they got these different factions of Christians. The Jewish Christians are saying, hey, those Gentile Christians need to get circumcised and follow the Jewish law, just like we have been for our entire lives. And Paul says, hey, what? No, that the law doesn't save us anyway. If the law saved us, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. And since we can't even seem to figure out the law by with as Jews, why would you make the Gentiles jump through those hoops too? They're not. It's not going to be effective. And so they had a council to decide. It wasn't just one guy who said this is how it's going to be. It was a group of people who got together, who had it out, who who hashed it out, and they had to come to a conclusion because it was tearing apart the church. Uh And I guarantee you that there are people at the end of that decision who were unhappy about the decision that was made. Um, But they heard each other out and they prayed about it. Um, I think we don't put enough emphasis on prayer, especially Uh when we come to making difficult decisions and especially difficult decisions um, that involve people and teams and or we use prayer as a weapon, and I hate to say it that way, but like, yeah. I'll pray to start this meeting, and then I pray, yeah. Lord, give us the uni- unity of the Spirit as we everyone endeavor. Come behind everyone my to, idea. Yeah, and then say, this is, this is what we're doing. Uh, I, and you shall be unified under me because that's what I prayed before. You know, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah well i i just did a a series on the armor of god right in in the sermons in manitowoc and one of the things i talked about with the word of god um is that you can't use it as an offensive weapon to to hurt people it's a bad idea don't do it because those who live by the sword die by the sword and if you're if you're using the sword of the spirit that is the word of god 
as an offensive weapon to to hurt people. Yeah. Be aware. It will there's consequences. Yeah. yeah. It'll come back around. Um wow. This topic we we have covered a great deal of material tonight that yeah. I'm not sure was necessarily where I was gonna go with it, but I think it was oh. great. Do you have, I think that's do you have sometimes any, the best. I think know, yeah. the best laid plans, right? Well, that's why why we just lean into the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, you you lead because that that's the only way to do it. And you got <laughs> any final thoughts for tonight? Um, yeah, I oh I did until I was thinking on oh, it. Sorry, um, sorry. No, no, that's okay. That's how my brain works. But I'm just I'm just thinking again about um. God just has God knows, and He has He has the plan, and He and He has put you, dear listener, in the place where you are. Yep. And it matters. Yes. It matters, even Agreed. if you think it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or that you, or what can I do, right? Yeah. We yep. touched on this slightly, but what do you see around you that makes you grieve a holy grieving? Yeah. Um, not just what makes you mad. Anything can make you mad. But what makes you mad in a way of like, this isn't the way this is supposed to be. Right. Agreed. And that might be your invitation to enter into even a, a place of leadership and even if it's a leadership if let's i don't know why i'm just thinking let's just say you you work in an office and there is somebody who's just really negative and really hostile and no one wants to collaborate with them because they just are mean and nasty and bitter i've been there okay maybe and and it just grieves your heart because you think this person has good ideas if they could only just yeah. learn to articulate them right um, and it grieves you. Well, maybe this week you can look for ways to sit with them and say, I want to hear your ideas. Ooh. I want to hear them, but yeah. I can't hear them when they're packaged this way. Right. Something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why that example just came to my head. Maybe some listener needs to hear that. But um, could be. But look for those things because we're not spectators and we, and if we wait around for someone else to come and fix it, our walls will remain in shambles. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to leave it at that thought before I keep rambling. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> that just made me think too, not just of going to that person and saying, what's your ideas, but maybe yeah. praying for that person. Yeah. Praying for an opening, praying for an opportunity to maybe Maybe they're hurting and they oh. need somebody to to listen. Maybe you're that person yeah. and you need some some Holy Spirit intervention. I don't know. But um, what I do know is that if God, and I hate to say it, it's so cliche, but if God calls you to it, he's going to equip you for it, right? That's, yeah. If he calls it's you to it, he's going to call for you for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And it's one of the things, you know, especially at Christmas time, Sometimes people ask, well, how are you so calm? There's so many things going on. What's, how are you not pulling your hair out? And I said, well, one, that wouldn't be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Scatterbrained so much, I'm pulling my hair out and I'm freaking out. And I'm just, 
you know, all the all over the place. That that's not helpful. It's not right. gonna it's not gonna move us forward in the mission. But also, I can just rest in the Holy Spirit. Now, nah, guys, I'm not saying I got this figured out. Holy cow, there are days okay. there are days I come in, I'm stressed. I'm like hyped up on caffeine because I didn't sleep because I was thinking about all the things. But the days when I, if you will, put on the armor of God mm-hmm. and pray in the Spirit and say, Lord. You brought me to today. Get me through this one. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've been successful in this many days of my life to bring me through each one. Here's one more. You know? And whatever it is that you want me to do today, make it very clear because I'm very not observant. <laughs> so if you want me to do something, you're going to probably need a dump truck or a neon sign. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, he gives us, he gives us our day, our daily bread, right? What do we need just for right now? Just for today. Which always brings me back to Proverbs. (laughs) Diver. Well, I have lots of fun. I love Proverbs. Friends, Proverbs is fantastic, but I'm going to end with that since you brought up the daily bread, because I think it's so wonderful. It's Proverbs. I believe it's chapter 30. Give me a sec. Oh, am I going to find it quickly? Am I, this is not my everyday Bible. Biscuits and gravy. I need my everyday Bible. Where's my every? Here's my everyday Bible. See, I have I have a, a dining room table with four Bibles on it right now. That's This is how that works. What's funny is that they're all the same translation. Which tells you I like the NIV. So... This is what happens when you have your everyday Bible. You know exactly which page it's on and which column and where exactly. So this is this is Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 and 8. Well, and following. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Amen. Keep mm-hmm. falsehood and lies far from me. But then he says, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. That's right. Just what we need. Yep. Give us today our daily bread. Amen. Amen. Amanda, I love you. I love hanging out and talking with you. People like listening. If you ever have comments or questions, please send them our way. Um, also, if you want to rate or send us, uh, um, I guess, a rating or a review, that's kind of fun. Uh, I've, re- I've read all of the reviews that are out there. Uh, they're super helpful for us because it, it's mm-hmm. encouraging when we hear from you guys uh, what you think and how we're doing. And if you have any suggestions on things, we're open to those as well. So Also, um, I've been updating our Facebook page. Um, so I've been I've got. I'm going to put 10 more actually on tonight, but um, yeah, just updating all of our episodes and stuff. And so that's a good way to correspond with us as well. Yep. Misfit Messengers podcast on Facebook. So, all right, friends, because we're old, we don't have any of the other social media, but oh, darn. Um, and because we're old, I'm going to call this a day. And because you probably haven't eaten supper yet, have you? I have not. My poor children are starving. Actually, I told them to make chicken nuggets. All right. <laughs> You know what? Sometimes that's okay. 
Oh, right, I actually have to go grocery shopping, so. Well, I, I can empathize with that. I also have to do grocery shopping soon. I have, like, literally nothing. I think I have a frozen dinner in my freezer, so I can do that. Okay, but cool. It's something. All right, friend. God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right, friends. We'll catch you guys next time.